You're listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Big show coming up for you tonight. Andy Graziano from CBS will be joining us, or the fan, I should say. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Tony Stabil. Tony, how are you? Hey, brother, what's up, man? It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. We missed you last week. It was it was sad without you. We got by. Mikey Carver helped me out, and we got through it. But, Tony, it's nice to have you back. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's my dad's birthday. So, uh, oh, that happy was a, birthday. Yeah, my dad turned 68. Mr. Stabile. Yeah, so had to uh, a little, uh, little shindig at the house for him. You know, it, uh, at 68, the old Italian father still works six days a week. My so God. we have his... Uh, God bless him. Yeah, so we have uh, had his birthday on Sunday. Okay. And, uh, you know, didn't want to have to run out on him. So uh, we, uh, we did a... Uh, you guys did the show. I, I listened to the show. You guys sounded great. Mike is always a uh, great, great guest. I, I, I was very impressed, bro. You by yourself <laughs> held your own. You, you, you talked about the fact myself. that you miss me and how much you. <laughs> I, just, I felt so. You felt the love. love. You I, felt I was the love. Great. Yeah. And then you put Nandy down during the week, and while you're tweeting about me, I, I was just. It was so. I, was, I loved Nobody it. Nobody put you. Andy down. Well, I think he was just a little sensitive. Can't to you the, just let me have my moment? I like, guess so. Yeah. Look. I, I, yeah. Sure. I mean, you're a sensitive man. I, I get it. I understand. I am. I am. It's a, it's the Italian in me. It's fine. Okay. But thank you so well, much. Well, you're though. back, and we're happy about it. We're happy to have Andy on. He's going to be with us in about 15 minutes. But folks. We got some great things going on here because if if you hadn't noticed, the New York Islanders are in the midst of a nine-game winning streak. Nine-game winning streak. And Tony, we were talking about this before we we went live here. Now it hit me. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. It must have been last night. And I said to myself, "My goodness, not only is this the first nine-game winning streak in my adult life, but also just the seven and eight-game winning streaks that." that they hit leading up to this first of my adult life it took all these years just for me to see a seven game winning streak and here we are at nine <laughs> and i mean it's 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 effing sad man but that's the state that this franchise was in for such a long time and and look just because they rattled off nine games doesn't mean they're guaranteed the cup this year but it's it's the first time long time and everybody's thrilled about it and 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 how can you not be it's great let's ride this wave as long as it goes they have a great opportunity to make it 10 mm-hmm. make it double digits on Tuesday against the Senators they're coming to town to the to the loved Barclays Center finally, oh finally they're God, going back imagine? to Barclays but look nothing but positive stuff tonight a lot a lot of great things ahead looking forward to talking to Andy about it um, before we dive into everything I just want to we got some announcements to make. We we finally have. We do. Some, we yes we do. We do. Oh we do. yes, we go do. for it. Yes. So we got some on location live shows to tell you guys about. We hope you come on down. We're gonna have a great time. So to start, here we go. In just a few weeks, on Saturday, November twenty third, we will be broadcasting live at the Oyster Bay Brewery in Oyster Bay, when the Islanders will be taking on the San Jose Sharks. 10.30 p.m. That's going to be a West Coast game. So a late start there. We'll probably do the show around 
I would say 8.30, 9 o'clock to get you started. We're going to have a viewing party. We're going to have Devin from Yes Men Outfitters involved. We're going to have Brian from Miles Meetups involved. Hey, that's, his, that's, his ba- that's his backyard that's now. That's where he man. is, God, yes. And a big congrats to, to Devin for setting yeah. up shop over there in Oyster Bay. That's his full time over there now. He's, he's making moves. Congrats to him. So he's going to be there. He's going to be selling his merchandise, all his great stuff. Like I said, Brian from Miles Meetups will be there. He does a great job rallying the troops. So that's going to be a really fun night. Come on down. We'll have raffles. We'll have prizes, all that great stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully by then, you know, do the math, but maybe that's by the time, you know, the Islanders are looking for their 15th straight win or whatever it might be by the time we get to that date. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Then a month later, December 27th, we're taking it back to Manhattan. We will be at the Offside Tavern when the Isles take on the Chicago Blackhawks at 830 do a pregame show then, probably around 7 o'clock, another viewing party. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been offside tavern yet, you're missing out. It's going to be a great time. Come on down. Little little holiday time. It's almost a, a year to the date when we Just did the, the, the Maple Leafs game last year. I think that was the 29th, so pretty much did a, we, did we win that a game? year I away. Don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't believe remember. the did Islanders did win that game uh, yeah. in, in, it's, in it's, strong it's, fashion, it's if fuzzy, memory serves correctly. Fuzzy to me. I yeah, I think so. I think yeah. they won that game. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Offside Tavern, December 27th. That is a Friday night, so that'll be a lot of fun. Weekend weekend party. Get you ready just uh, in time for the, for the new year. And then we've already t- discussed this prior, but just as a reminder – Monday, January 13th, we will be at Parlay in Rockville Center. That is when the Islanders go to Madison Square Garden to face the Strangers. That will be the first game against the Rangers this season. A lot of fun. L- some struggles over there in Manhattan right now. Still, still uh, growing I had, pains. I hadn't had noticed. And rebu- I know. No, I had noticed. There's so much going on in the country you kind of forget. Yeah, but it's, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's Panarin and Capo Caco just hasn't been enough. No. It's a shame. Yeah, it's it a crying is, shame. But regardless of what the records are, by that. the time that day comes, everybody loves a good Islander Ranger game, so come on down. A lot of fun. So there you go, folks. We got one. This month, one in December, one in January, and probably more to come. Yeah, we got some, some more, more stuff, stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, which working on a few I had more, the pleasure so. of going down to McCann's last night for the Isles meetup that was run by Brian mm-hmm. and Devin at Yes Men Outfitters. We had a great time last night. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to meet the owner at McCann's, really nice guy. Uh, we're probably going to get involved with them, too, so stay tuned. We'll probably get something going on That'll there in be fun. So be fun. lots going on here at Hockey Night New York. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Come so hang out with us. We'll have fun. Come hang. Let's have a good time, win some prizes, watch some Islanders. It's always great to get the Islander community together, so lots of fun in store. Come on down, and we're going to remind you all the time anyway. So if you forget tonight, don't worry. We're going to bug you. Oh, yeah, you know. you believe me. You'll know these dates. So... It was another long wait, another long week, you know, just waiting for the Islands to play hockey. It's like they, they, they took off again. You had, what, four or five days in between. When you talk about Sunday against the Flyers, we have to wait till Friday for them to play Tampa at home at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the bigger tests, if not the biggest test so far of this winning streak they've been on so far. You mean maybe you talk about the Blues. That was a tough one. But Tampa Bay Lightning, everybody knows what they did last year and <laughs> what they didn't do last year. But they're still one of the top teams in the league. They're off to a little bit of a slow start for their standards so far, but I'm sure they're going to get it together. And they come in to the Coliseum, and the Islanders put a 5-2 drubbing on them. Quite the statement for the boys. And then last night, they go up to Buffalo, and look, if the Islanders are are playing in the second of back-to-backs, you kind of know what's going to happen because they are now 14-1-1 on the back end of back-to-backs under Barry Trott since he took over last year. They go up to cold Buffalo, and they squeak out a one nothing victory on 
what was kind of a free goal from behind the net from Derek Broussard, but who cares how it happens? All that matters is that it does. So that's two more wins added to the streak. Nine-game winning streak. Tony Stabile, they are now second in the Metro with a record of 10-3-0, 20 points. They are three points behind the Caps with two games in hand. Tony Stabile, how does it feel to be Tony Stabile? I feel terrible. This is this is awful. What? I mean, this is an awful this is an awful start. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, as every everything has gone south this whole season. Uh, I mean, Columbus Day. I mean, the season was over. You know, pack it up. Yeah, trade everybody. That, huh? Get trade some guys and get picks. And uh, you know, nine games ago, that you know, was that was the just, talk. Yeah. Just that's it. Get you know, get a, get these guys out of here. This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, what? But um, what a difference! Yeah. So now, now back to re- back to re- reality. But <laughs> holy sh- wow! This has been <laughs> freaking fantastic, man. I mean, look, nine games in a row. I mean, again, and you had counting. you had fans who were just writing the whole season off after game four, which is just very unlike Islander fans. No bueno, know? no bueno, man. That's just that's not good. You need to give the guys at least five games. Before you write the whole season <laughs> off, give him five games, because five, five games. That's it. Well, well, I mean, just, just, just a little bit. Give right, a little more going. than keep what they had. Point. But in all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I mean, God, this is this has been this is fun. This is a fun hockey team. Yes. Okay. And as dare we, to I, enjoy yourselves. Yes. And I mean, and we were talking about this on a you know on our on our pregame here. We we do like a little, little pre-production, little sure. pre-production yeah, show, yeah. and 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 honestly. <laughs> With, with all of this, with, with all that with, we've seen, right, and all the all the summer, all summer long, all you heard about was, oh, the Devils got so much better. They got Subban and they got uh, Jack Hughes, and the Rangers got Paner, you know Panarin, and they they drafted Kako, and they got Adam Fox and Jacob Truba, and and all this stuff. And you know what? Everybody who was talking about those teams have now completely disappeared. It's like you radio just wave silence. the wand and it's like from the naysayers. It's what, what was Where it? did it, they go, Tony? It, it, it's like Kaiser Soze. They're gone. Right? And that's really what's happened here because Oh, but they'll come no, back out when that first soon, loss comes. First lump to, yeah, when uh, that next uh, loss comes, they'll be back. I'm still looking at these charts where it's like, oh, they're bad, <laughs> they're dull, they're this. They're winning. They're won nine games, nine games in a row. That's correct. They're in the top five in the NHL. That's right. Again, they've won. I I saw the stat since Lou Lamorello has taken over. They've won like fifty-seven games. I, I don't think we won fifty-seven games throughout the nineties. <laughs> the whole, the entire, decade? the entire decade. I'm uh, not sure they won. Ninety-three uh, was not, a good year. I'm not off. Ninety-three was a good year. Well. All right, but that's okay. So we got. So how about ninety-five to two thousand? Okay, uh, maybe, maybe fifty-seven wins was maybe. It's tr- anyway, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make right, is yeah, that please. enjoy this, guys. Enjoy it. You have a team that is just the, the the pride of wearing that crest on their jersey, the pride of playing for Barry Trotz and for Lou Lamarillo. They play, as Barry said last night, they play for each other. They are out there and they are breaking their ass to for you guys. This is it. You can read about the Jets that they're talking they're talking bad about their fans. You heard Taylor Hall call out the Devil fans this week. These guys, they love you. They love it. <laughs> they are loving playing on Long Island. They are loving playing for this organization, and they are doing everything that they can. They're playing fantastic hockey. You got Anders Lee in beast mode right now. Derek Broussard's on a five-game goal-scoring streak. Doesn't matter who they put on the back end. They pl- they just they, Nick Letty goes down. Ah, put somebody else in there and uh, <laughs> shut out. 
goaltender, you know, it doesn't matter the goaltender. Where in NHL, in the NHL recently, have you? Doesn't matter which of your two goaltenders you put in, you're getting the same type of performance out of either one. There, Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grice have nearly identical stats. Yeah, identical stats. Yeah, just like last that year. That one crazy goal on opening night against the Capitals is the only thing, the only difference in this season between those two goaltenders, basically. Yeah. 929, 930 save, 2.19, 2.20 goals against average. Both of them have five wins. I mean, these guys are, if you're not bought in at this point with the way that these guys have been able to play and the way that Mitch Korn, whatever he does, God, man, this guy is worth his weight in gold. Tony, I mean, I said it before, but the longer this season goes and as these guys continue to be successful and put up the numbers that they're putting up, Compared to what Leonard and Grice did last year, you really have to wonder how much of it is the guys between the pipes and how much is it the system that Barry Trotz has in place and the tutelage that Mitch Corn and Piero Greco are giving these goaltenders. Well, I mean, look, if that was the case, if it didn't matter, if it was just if it was just the goaltender, Christopher Gibson would have been here at six hundred thousand. It's you it's, gotta they have wanted guys, Semyon You Verlano. gotta have guys with the ability. No right, question but, about but it. Korn, you gotta have guys who are capable of doing this, but the longer this season goes, the more and more it looks like, hey, you know, it's the system. And we're even starting to see quotes. I, I, I believe it was Elliot Friedman who got a quote from a scout. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. But there was somebody out there in the ether covering covering the NHL that got a quote from what, whether it was a scout or a general manager that said, you could put me between the pipes and I'd be putting up those kind of numbers. So people are starting to recognize yeah, that, it's, that yeah, the that system has a lot foolproof? to do with what's going on. I'm not going to say foolproof, but you know, now that we, because look, Semyon Varlamov is Exhibit C. You had A and B with with Lanner and Grice, and now you got Varlamov in there. And I mean, look, well, I he's mean, got look, a nine two nine save percentage yes. shutout so far. But he's, he's done this in the past. And remember that Greco and uh, that Piero Greco and and Mitch Korn wanted, yes. wanted him. Correct. So they must have seen something saying, "Hey, this guy will fit in very, very well." But it is nine fourteen, my friend. Oh, Christ, that went quick. Yes, All right, well, now that I've taken the Lord's name in vain, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night <laughs> in New York. You can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Andy Graziano will be joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. All right, man. 
I'm going to put you in the queue. Can bring you out to some Love music. repping your I'll favorite Long Island hockey team? Too, can't uh, get enough orange and blue swag? Look no oh, further you can't than even the hear it. That's, that's right. You're not going to hear it The independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Joining us right now, columnist for WFAN, is none other than Mr. Andy Graziano. Andy, how are you, sir? Gentlemen, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely appreciate you joining us, pal. Great to have you back. And let's just. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. And let's just hear it right off the bat. What are your thoughts on the New York Islanders riding the longest winning streak in the NHL at nine? Give us your thoughts on that, and we'll take it from there. Um, I'll say it's it's something that I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong about. Yeah, early early Good in the preseason. Job, Good job. Yeah, I, look, I don't I don't run from stuff like that. When when I say stuff and and I write stuff on WFAN.com and. I'm I'm not one of those that runs away from what I write. Um, I I hold to it. I I stand up to it. And uh, again, I, I I didn't think that this team, with the lack of activity that they that they showed in the off season, um, I, I thought they were due for a, a tremendous not tremendous. Let me correct that. I thought they were due for a, a regression. Let's just say that. Um, and, and now let's also keep in mind it's still early, but Absolutely. you have to be very impressed with what you've seen. Um, Obviously, the winning streak has been, you know, I say it all the time, it's so important to bank these early season points when teams really aren't playing at their midseason form, right? Um, You know, you can sometimes catch these teams that are still trying to find their stride, um, whether it be in goal or whether it be that they're still shoring up some changes that they made to their defensive schemes or whatever. It's, It's really clutch to to bank these early October, November points. And because when that middle of the season comes and the teams start playing up to their, uh, you know, uh, uh, up to their abilities and up to what people expected them to play like, things get a little tougher. You start getting that injury bug, which unfortunately we've seen hit the Islanders already. Right. Um, and you know, you can always use these points that you're banking now and as a little withdrawal. And so I think you have to be really, really impressed with what you've seen. I've seen a lot of uh, guys bouncing back. Uh, noticeably for me, Nick Letty has been the most noticeable. Uh, season over season in how he's playing. Um, the goal, you know, Mitch Korn is the goaltender whisperer. There's really not much more to say about that. I can't even explain how he does what he does, but he's probably due for uh, a raise, <laughs> needless to say. And uh, I'm writing, and on next year's ballot, I'm definitely writing in Barry Trotz for president. It's just, you know, that simple. He is the only choice right now. The only choice. The only choice. And, and look, <laughs> 
Next time I come on, I think I'd like to hear the intro music because I'm not so sure that it's not the Benny Hill theme. So <laughs> I can guarantee uh, you that I, I don't. Did. I don't trust the fact that I don't hear the music coming in. But I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, you're, you're just could, gonna have to deal with. You're gonna have to talk to Spreaker format. about that one, buddy. <laughs> sorry, bud. There's nothing we can do. You're just gonna have to listen back later and trust us for now. That's all we can do. But, but, but Andy, to start, I want to give you credit for 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 taking yourself to task because I thought I was gonna have to do that myself. Yeah. So credit to you. No, never. But but with that in mind, now you know you had your you had your um, I don't want to say doubts, but I suppose um, you know reservations about you know how this mm-hmm. team was going to handle this coming season, and and you kind of yep. I suppose formulated your own ideas on why things may not go as well as they did last season. So so far they've kind of you know thrown that back in your face here with a nine game winning streak. But tell us what you have seen through this nine game winning streak that. That maybe has you know changed your thoughts on that and, and your expectations and where you know maybe some areas where you thought they might have been suffering in that that's, that they seem to be doing okay at now. You know, I, I I didn't I did not I was not a fan of the switch from Leonard to Varlamov. I wasn't, and I just thought that it, it wasn't just the fact that Robin Leonard went out and had a great year, a year in which he was you know, nominated for the Vesna trophy. Um, it was the whole backstory that Vesna brought to the locker room. And, and again, it's something that's not really talked about enough, but you know, locker room chemistry and camaraderie does matter. It absolutely does. And, you know, nobody talks about it, but it, it definitely is a big deal. So I thought that that would hurt them. And if Varlamov is able to stay healthy, um, we are working with corn, as I said before. I, it, it, that that right now is looking much better than I anticipated. Um, the power play under Jim Hiller is a tremendous turnaround. I've tweeted this the other night that I, I don't remember the last time I've seen the Islanders moving so much, and that was one of my biggest criticisms in on Twitter and in in my columns last year was the lack of movement, the fact that everybody on the power play was standing still. And this year, there's just movement all around the offensive zone uh, when they're five on four. And that's been a, a very, very noticeable turnaround. Uh, like I said before, Nick Letty has just taken his game to a different level than he was at last year. Matthew Barzal is continuing to grow and turn into an elite centerman in this league. He, I think, his zone entries this year have been absolutely terrific. Um the way he's commanding the offensive zone has been absolutely terrific. Josh Bailey, Mr. Consistency, along with Anders Lee, um, they seem to be, you know, blowing right through this injury to Jordan Eberle without really much, <laughs> much difficulty at all. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I wish I'm going to be very interested to see how Brock Nelson continues now as we get into November. Brocktober is over, right? And I want to see if he can sort of develop that that season-long consistency that we've always kind of um, grilled him on. That's going to be something to watch for me as we move forward. Um, When they do, when this winning streak does come to an end, and who knows when it will end, the way they're playing right now, um, you know, how are they going to handle that? You know, you're you're missing Matt Martin for a while. You're missing Tom Kunockel for a while. Um, Oh, and how can I not mention Anthony Bovillier, especially on the penalty kill? Right. Absolutely outstanding. Johnny Boychuk seems to have turned back the clock a couple of years. Um, it's, it's just amazing. I don't know how. <laughs> it's 
the only thing I can point to is, is again, it's, it's, it's belief in each other. It's coaching. Coaching is absolutely the biggest, biggest thing for me. Um, I am the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest Barry Trotz fans. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes surreal when you sit back as an Islanders fan and, and everything that this fan base has been through, um, through hell and high water. Um, the fact that they can sit back and, and, and look behind the bench and see a man like Barry Trotz leading this team. Um, it, it's just, you have to slap yourself sometimes because it almost doesn't feel real, Andy, but go ahead, go ahead. You know, it, it is. And, and the, the whole, it's very real. And this team is a very real, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that they have the team that can win a Stanley cup in November. I hate saying that. I won't say that, but let's look at the facts right now as we stand today, as we're speaking right now, um, you know, the Capitals look like they might win tonight. They were winning last I checked, 3-2 in the third. Would put them five points clear of the Islanders, but the Islanders have three games in hand. So, I mean, they're right there. They're right there with the upper echelon right now of teams in the National Hockey League. And it's just it's, it's weird to be in this position, honestly. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Andy, and I said it before you came on. I mean, it took – it took all these years for me just to see their first seven-game winning streak in my adult life, and now they've hit nine. <laughs> so, I mean, just to put that in perspective, it's just absolutely ins- absolute insanity. But, you know, you key in on the coaching there, and, and what a testament, right? I mean, it is to, to what a difference coaching can make in this league. And, and maybe Oof. Islander fans really haven't had – a taste of that since Al Arbor was behind that mm-hmm. bench, or maybe you know what, to a lesser degree, Peter Laviolette. You know, um, he, he, I love Lavi. Yeah, he was big a Lobby great fan. coach. They they had him for his rookie years, and and he did admirably when he was here on the island. But you know, then you go through that carousel of coaches where Charles Wong. Oh. Just, let's face it, he refused to pay anybody worth the salt. He didn't want to give out a high yep. contract to a coach, so he's either bringing in rookie coaches or or a guy desperate for a job in Ted Nolan, right? And so. Where we get used to that, and we see that whole situation where we're going through these rookie coaches and whatnot that that just can't get this team to another level. And you have Jack Capuano. Yes, he got them their first first round victory in, in a very long time, and you have to give McAlees for that. But you take basically the same team that they had before Barry Trotz took over this coaching job, you know, last year, and you see what he's done with them, and it's just such a testament to what a coaching staff can do for an NHL franchise and so I just wanted to highlight that and and to to go from there you know I know we've had you we've had you on in the early going of seasons in the past and and I know you're a guy who likes to wait for the quarter mark of the season to really kind of assess a team and see where they're going so we're what at 14 13 14 games into the season now they're on a nine game winning streak and you kind of touched on it already a little bit but are you more of a believer now in this team that we can see something similar to what they did and perhaps, I mean, you already said you don't think they're a cup winner, but do you think that this is a team who can get back to where they were last season and maybe even go beyond that? Yeah, I mean, based on what I'm seeing in the Eastern Conference right now, sure. I mean, I, I don't think, in my estimation, that the Capitals, looking at their team um, with Todd Reardon behind the bench, you know, I don't think that they're anything light years ahead of the Islanders. I'm not going to say that they're obviously a great hockey team, but I don't think right now, man to man, that they're light years ahead of the Islanders in talent. I just don't. I mean, yes, the Islanders don't have an Ovechkin. We know that. We, I think, have our backs, maybe not to that level just yet, but really close, I think, in Barzal. Um, 
You know, so I, I don't think, again, that the Capitals are light years ahead. The, the, the Penguins are clearly on the decline. I mean, um, they're so banged up, it's not even funny. They just got Malkin back. Good for them. But um, I don't see them with the departure of Kessel being I, – I don't think they're better than the Islanders. I think the Hurricanes could be a problem just because they're simply just a pain in the rump to play every night. Um, they're just absolutely a hard-nosed team to play. So I think that – the Capitals and Hurricanes are probably the two biggest challengers for the Islanders in the Metro Division, and I don't think either of those teams is light years ahead of the Islanders. Um, you know, flipping over to the other division, uh, do we even have to talk about the Maple Leafs? I mean, I think they're talked about enough. Um, they are what they are. You know, if you if if you want to play, you if you, you want to get them into a running gun game, you could probably put up five goals on that team pretty easily. Um, so you just got to hope you don't give up six, right? Um, that's pretty much the formula for beating Toronto. Um, Boston's going to be Boston. Boston's always been a thorn outside, right? Because they play such a big, heavy game. Um, so they're, they're, they're always going to be there, but all right. So what, maybe we're up there and in, in maybe the top five teams in the conference. I think, I think that's pretty fair to say right now. Um, and like I said, it's, it's just, you know, the, the big X factor in all of this is trots. The big X factor in all of this is corn. It's everything that people don't see behind the scenes. And, you know, you, you got a, you got a tough-nosed GM in Lula Morello, who I've been hard on the last year. I'm not going to make no, no – I'm not going to run away from that either. I've been extremely hard on Lou and his inactivity and his – We hadn't noticed that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and his, you know, his, his – his, his, the way he leans on veterans sometimes a little too much for my liking. The Leo Komarov deal was – I still think is an, an an absolute albatross for this team um, right now. Um, the way he's dealing with the the way he dealt with the Leonard situation, the way he's dealing with the Josh Hosang situation. You know, there's there's a trade to be made out there for Josh Hosang, and if you're an Islanders fan, don't expect to get much back outside of what a fourth round draft pick. Let's say you're not going to get anything of consequence back. But there's a trade to be made involving Josh Hosang, and you know the feeling that I get is that you know. Lou is being spiteful at this point, and maybe for good reason. I'm not saying that in defense of Ho Sang and his actions the last year and a half at all. I'm not defending either of them. However, you know, when do you cut off your nose to spite your face? You know what I mean? You just, I mean, just trade the guy already. Move on with it. It's amazing that the Islanders have such a tight-knit room that that hasn't even become a distraction one bit at all. I mean, it helps that we don't ask anybody about it. We don't really talk to them about it, but it really hasn't become a distraction at all. I think because so, people are tired of talking about it. That's why nobody wants to bring it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. that too. That too. That That's fair tone. And I just, look, I just feel that if there's a deal to be made, just make it ready. Let the guy get on with it. Let him try to resurrect his career somewhere else or let somebody else deal with the problem. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. And again, that's not in defense of either side. It's, I'm not defending Hosang's actions at all, and but I do think Lamarillo's being a little spiteful in terms of that. But maybe, hey, maybe. at the end of the day, ninth straight is ninth straight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, there's really not right. much to complain about. I, I just I just want to I, I, there's a few things I want to go over with you before we go on to my my first question, which was uh, thank yep. thank thank you for spending Sunday night with us. I really we really appreciate oh. that as always. You know that's that's I very, it's very that as well. it's very nice of you. Uh, I, I want I want to th- I want to congratulate you on being the first person that we've had on this show in five and a half years uh, to use the term rump. 
Okay, right. that, that would be that would be uh, that, that's a milestone right there. So congratulations for that. Check the box. Yep. Lump is lump is my second favorite. Lump is my second favorite word after jocularity. Jocularity is probably one of my favorite words. Wow. Oh well, that, you see, and, and we'll now look that up after the show. And now people are just learning stuff about you. They had no <laughs> idea that, that that existed. There you go. And then, there you uh, go. I also want to I want to congratulate you on on bringing up Josh Hosang after Sean and I three weeks ago said that we were never going to talk about this guy anymore. anymore. So uh, so really, I mean, you're just you're just breaking down barriers like like crazy, Andy. So thank you. That's so it. Much. You know, I go my I, I go my I go my own way, Tone. You know that. I you, I, you know I I. Go where no other writer has gone before. That's, that's what I, it. That's there what you I go. Like. I there like that go. very much. Uh, so, I mean, look, we talked about everything uh, uh, with you, and, 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 and you've broken down a lot of stuff here tonight. But, I mean, the thing that I have to talk about and I, mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on is the fact that they, this team that – and, look, and we've given Garth I – mean, we've gave Garth Snow a ton of shit over the years, and, we, yep. Rightf- yep. and rightfully so. I mean, he deserved it. Let's let's be honest, okay? I mean, mostly, he deserved mostly. it. Mostly, right. mostly. We gave I mean, him we credit, gave him, too. We, we, we gave him, gave him credit, him credit where credit was due, but we gave the guy a lot of shit, and I understand that. So, But really, honestly, if you start looking at how they have been able to just plug in, right, with, with – with, uh, you know – these guys, you know, Pellick and 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 Mayfield, mm. where you know we yep. were talking la- before last season, and Mayfield was a that was a seven at best, and Adam and you know and fans have written off Adam Pellick, you know, t- a year and a half beforehand. These guys are integral parts of this defense, which is amongst, if not the best defense in the NHL. And Absolutely. to see, and I mean, look and, and look, we, like you said before, part of it is coaching. There's no question about that. But really, these guys play this game. You have to be able to play the game and understand what these coaches are expecting of you. And right. Scotty Mayfield and Adam Pellick, two guys who the Islanders took after the first round. Okay, these were these were mid round uh, gems that were pulled, and they have played such a big part in this whole thing. And they are integral parts of this team. I mean, just 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 talk a little bit about. You know these guys who we didn't even think were going to be where they are, and how mm-hmm. important they are to this team. Yeah, I I think the what we've seen out of Alan out of Adam Pellick, and you know the Islanders consider I I think that Pellick Pollock pairing to be their top pairing. Um, they put them out against the other team's best line consistently. Uh, even on the road, they try to get that matchup consistently. So it's clear that Trotz leans on that pair as being his first pair defensively. And that says everything in terms of Adam Pellick. It says everything in terms of hey, it's the reason why you know if you if you remember when they decided to um, when the expansion draft right that that caused a whole big hub, a whole big hubbubaloo. It's another one of my favorite words, hubbubaloo. You're on a roll, buddy. You're um, on a roll. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah, it's just, Andy- it's, I don't know if it's showing my him, age or if it's, no. We're gonna call them Andyisms. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Keep going, buddy. <laughs> You know that caused a big, a big, a big hubbubaloo when when Pellick was you know chosen in the expan what to be protected for the expansion draft and um, they were like why are they doing and then the, the contract my God I, I, it's it's all coming full circle now it's all coming full circle to the point where there's no way from your couch that you could be expected to make you can you can have an opinion of course and I would never deny anybody that but. Look, these guys are, are, are in the positions that they're in for a reason, and clearly they have made a lot of right calls when it comes to the Islanders, especially on defense. Um, 
the way Pelic and Pollock have played has been absolutely outstanding. We're, like I said before, we're seeing the maturation of Anthony Beauvillier. We're seeing Matthew Barzal. I saw him the other night make two wonderful defensive plays on the back check. Another one, another terrific offensive forecheck almost led to a steal and a, you know, a turnaround offensive opportunity. So the maturation in his game and sort of like what Trotz did with Ovechkin in Washington, right, where he started telling mm-hmm. – telling Alex, look, you've got to start changing your game if you're ever going to think about winning a Stanley Cup. It's not all about scoring 65 goals a year. It's not what it's at this time what this game is about. Mm-hmm. And it took a little while, but once he got Ovechkin to buy in, what happens? Boom, they win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not a coincidence there. Um, and I think you can see Trotz doing the same thing with Barzal's game. And last year was that adjustment year for Barzal, right? That's why we saw the offensive production down, because he was asked to play a different role. Now this year he's becoming more comfortable with that role, and again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare on a one-to-one basis obviously Barzal with Ovechkin, but you see similarities in now that they're getting comfortable with their new roles, they're now starting to be a little more relaxed and a little more feel a little more freedom again on offense, knowing that they have that defensive ability that's not gonna let Trotz down, and you're seeing the offensive numbers start to rise again. Right. So it's just. Everything ties back to that, and just the belief system in that room is, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, the way these guys play for each other and the way they feel about each other in that room is amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, it's unlike, you know, I've been in a lot of visiting rooms, and again, I can't really get a feel for a visiting room just being in there once in a while, I'm going to admit that. It's something you have to kind of be around for a while, but, you know, the Islanders' room is, is absolutely amazingly tight-knit, and... I just, you know, I, I usually never liked to complain about lack of coverage or, you know, the media being ignorant of, of good teams. But you have to kind of wonder, with everything we've seen in New York sports, right, with the debacle that the Jets put up today, with the, the, the season the Mets had, with the ending that the Yankees had, you got the Knicks, you got the Nets, who were a little bit not really in that realm. They're breaking out of that a little bit, but... And you have the Islanders here, who are clearly the toast of the town, yet nobody even talks about them. Nope. Nope. Nobody talks about them. Nobody cares. And you're seeing, you know, the Coliseum that everyone pined for, and I felt, they, they, I felt they're playing where they should play at the Coliseum. That's where they should play until Belmont is built. I, I've felt that way. Um, but again, even, even the Coliseum, you're seeing, you know, crowds of 8,000 midweek, which I get's a little tough. Traffic on Long Island, 7 o'clock starts. I understand that. There's a little bit to be said there. But then you're seeing crowds even on weekends. You're seeing 10. You're seeing 12s. I'm just, this team is good, man. And if you blink, you're going to miss it. You're really going to miss it. And yeah, this is actually something that we're, we were going to bring up later in the show. You know, just about you know, because one of one of the one of the guys who uh, listens to the show every week asks us to to go over this. And uh, mm-hmm. yes, there there are definitely some things I, I we, we both have you know some some opinions on this. Uh, you know, Sean, it's upsetting to me. Yeah, upsetting, no, it actually, everyone cried. Everyone it, cried about it. Everyone bitched and moaned about Barclays, rightfully so. Everyone wanted the Islanders back at the Coliseum. That's where I felt they should be as well until Belmont's done. Now they're there. Where the hell is everybody? You can get in for eight bucks. <laughs> yeah, where is everybody? Yeah, no, no, you're people you're, are having a hard time giving tickets away. I yeah, mean, and that's and that's sad. And now, and and the excuses are out the door because they're winning. I mean, they're they're playing well. 
I mean, it's different when they're not doing anything at all. And and I guess Andy, since you brought it up, I mean, we might as well tie in here. Sure. But yeah, it's something Tony and I talked about before the show, and I think it's just a, a kind of a slap of reality here is that this team has a lot of work to do to build a loyal fan base back up. And that's not to say that the fans of the team themselves aren't loyal. We know how rabidly loyal the diehards of this team are. I mean, you know, you don't have to look very far to see that. Without question. The problem is, I think that we're learning is that the numbers for that group are lower than maybe that we thought. Right. And one point... Very very well said. And one point that I made to Tony about that was, and I think we might have even discussed this on previous shows, is that one really stark fact for me is this team, this franchise lost out on at least a decade's worth, essentially a generation's worth of fans. You look at the 1990s, okay? Mm-hmm. After 93, Oof. this this Do franchise was an absolute disaster. So any kids coming of yep. age in the 1990s, if they weren't you know, forced into fandom by their fathers or the, by their parents, and they actually came up with a choice, or they didn't care what their fathers thought, then they were picking the Rangers over the Islanders because the Rangers won a cup in 94. They, they were in the mix. They were, they were at least moderately successful beyond just that cup win. And meanwhile, you have a franchise that is literally the laughing stock of the league during that time. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget not just you know what they did on the ice, but the fisherman jersey that everybody's starting to love again now, everybody hated then. Mm-hmm. There was just so many terrible things going on that team. I and mean, you want to talk about you know, the pigs at the trough, the Gluckstern ownership. I mean, just everything. They were literally selling well, players yeah. off. I mean, Hoistgate. anything and everything. You had a fraud <laughs> owner. Anything and everything that could have went wrong with this franchise did during that decade. And then Charles Wong was just the beginning of getting it close to some semblance of a decently run franchise. And even through that, it was still a struggle. I was going to say, that, and that's saying something exactly, right there. Exactly, exactly. That's part of my point. So, I mean, you're talking about a generation's worth of of, of young, you know, up-and-coming hockey fans that this franchise just lost. And thankfully, we're seeing a youth movement now with the fans that are coming in. I mean, we get to see it firsthand with you got guys like Devin running Yes Men Outfitters, and he's got a whole young crew, you know, going with him, and you have the meetup crew going on, and that's great to see. But the bottom line is, you know, I turned to, I said this to Tony on the show, you turn to the franchise. They have to put the work in to make this team a perennial winner. They have to be successful on the ice, and they have to give the impressionable youth a reason to buy into this team and hang in long term because they were just a joke for so long. And I think we're, we're really starting to see that because Barry Trotz is leading this team to a, a fifth overall team in the in the league right now, and nobody's still showing up, and they're giving the tickets away. Yeah, that that I think, and you know, we we had lunch. Wait, this was about. Three years ago, we had um, a meeting, a lunch meeting with Brett Yormark um, and a bunch of us in Brooklyn. And very sorry, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the big thing was, the big thing was, you know, marketing and and getting this and getting this team a new a, a new sector of fans. Because I've always felt that the Islander fan base has always been, and this is even going back to the early '80s when I was a kid and they were winning cups. Um, They've always been that hometown team. They've always been Long Island's team. But the problem is what that did is it created a very localized fan base. They, they, they never even back then reached out really beyond Long Island. To, you know, they, they, they were happy with their core. Um, that, that kept them satisfied. They were winning cups at the time. There were no issues on the ice. 
Right. And but I, I felt that they, they the fan base has always been very localized, and Brooklyn was supposed to change all that, and that's where um, you know Brett Yormark failed a hundred times over in in that whole Barkley mess. Forget everything about the bad ice and the aesthetics of the arena being built for basketball and not being retrofitted for hockey and sight lines and steep upper decks and concessions being closed forget that's all that's all bullshit at the end of the day Mm. the reality is the biggest thing that that brooklyn was supposed to give the islanders was more of a reach in terms of growing new fans in addition to retaining the hardcore fan base that is localized on long island and that that is brett yormark's biggest failure when it comes to the islanders in brooklyn and the reason why the reason why belmont you know belmont i Look, I'm hoping and praying that when they move into that beautiful arena that they and the fan base deserve at Belmont. Let me be clear about that. The fan base and the team deserves that. No doubt. Mm -hmm. But when they move in there, it's going to be very, very upsetting to see if if we start seeing within two years, you know, 12,000, 13,000 in an 18,000 seat building. That's all I'm saying. Andy, I got to say, I'm really starting to believe that, you know, after after the new shine wears off on that building. I know. I, I have a feeling we're going to see some similar, a similar situation here. But I also think that the owners are prepared for that. I think they kind of know that. They've done their research. And look, I think and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because, you know, and this even started with, with Charles Wong and the Lighthouse, right, and that whole project, is that the team on its own was not – going to you know keep that team here on long island and 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 keep the building viable whatever wherever they're playing it was the it was everything going on around it right so now you have this retail space that's that's what's going to keep this team here so whether they're selling out belmont or not it doesn't matter because they're going to cash in on everything going on around it and and for us and for us as fans that's all that matters to us right like yeah you want to see a full building you want to see you know a packed house and everybody everybody going bananas of course that would be the most ideal situation i hope that day comes i truly do but I think they have a plan in place where that may not happen the first few years after, like I said, after that shine wears off. And, and I think it's just a reality that we're really going to have to come to terms with where you, even, you have a successful team on the ice right now through 13, 14 games, and they're still having a hard time giving tickets away. So what's, what's going to lead any of us to believe that all of a sudden this brand new arena suddenly everyone's right. just going to start right. showing up? They got to win, Andy, yep. and they got to win for a long time. Yep. It's going to take time Absolutely. to work. Absolutely. This in my in, in, in my my two cents on this on this thing is is, is 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 this okay you have a you have a real you got a real lunch pail group here you understand mm-hmm. I mean this is these are guys they work hard they play really really well as a unit there is no superstar player on this team they have had the inability to bring that type of player in hold on a wait, wait 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 let me finish let me finish let me finish right. okay so <laughs> if you if you bring if you if you bring that player in you bring the building in and you have the sustain the sustained i mean look andy you and i were there okay night in and night out the last year of the coliseum okay how many nights was that building completely filled that there was no there were no tickets available okay it was it was because they were you know like every almost every single night 
at the Coliseum Absolutely. last year. It was filled, best year, it was best, best year, best year covering the team of my life. I think Absolutely. honestly, I agree. I agree with you a thousand percent. You know, they were a good team. You had your superstar player on the ice. They were leaving the Coliseum, so yeah, maybe there was a little nostalgia there or whatnot. But they Absolutely. filled the building every single night. Yeah. Okay, you do the same thing. You get to an Eastern Conference Final. You get to a Stanley Cup Final. That's where it starts, Tony. That's that's. But it's it's gotta be it's gotta be longevity here. You, we need to see this on a yearly basis. Yeah, you can't I, I, like I yeah, like Sean's saying, you can't you you can't like I said before too, you can't cut your nose off to spite your face either. You can't the deal that was made to the deal that was offered to Artemi Panarin, for instance, which would have been a boom for what Tony's talking about, right? Bringing in that that ridiculously marquee player right. um, that I think the Islanders needed. Um, that they're proving to me right now that they didn't need. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, they, they threw all the money they could possibly throw at our Artemi Panarin. And the reality was the offer was more than the Rangers were offering. And, you know, I think that for everything that people assumed about Artemi Panarin, that he was going to take the money, he, he kind of did an about face on almost everybody and said, you know what, it's not about the money for me. I knew that there was always a desire from him to play for the Rangers um, I just didn't think that when it came down to equal offers and the Islanders end up offering more, I felt that it was negligible enough for him to choose the Islanders in that situation. That's what I thought. Um, but apparently not. It's apparently, you know, that, that, that desire to, to play for the Rangers was as strong as Tavares' desire to play for the Maple Leafs, right? I mean, it turns out that <sighs> at the end of the day, as much as we bitch and moan about how money drives these players – well, it, it apparently doesn't drive everybody because it didn't drive, you know, it didn't drive Panarin and it didn't drive Tavares. So, you know, the Islanders, as Tony said, still, I think, have to bring in that marquee talent. And the thing is, how do you do that? You know, you're facing a little bit of a cap, a little bit of a cap situation coming up now. Um, you know, you don't really have a ton of free money on the books. Yeah, you have some money coming off, but you got some contracts coming up, right? You got the Barzal contract that I'm really, really concerned about. Uh, you have the Ryan Pollock contract. You have a Devin Tays contract, which I think is not going to be a big deal. I think the two that are going to be a problem is going to be Barzal and Pollock, I think, based on comparables that we've seen signed in the last two months. You know, I think when Nico Hersher is getting $7.5 million on an AAV, um, I'm not, you know, I think try, you know, I think uh, Lou might have thrown some shit around his office when when that happened. <laughs> I, would, I would probably yeah, bet that, the that, house on that one, buddy. It definitely, it definitely raised some eyebrows. And look, there, there is a point in what Tony said about having a marquee player, but when I said, hold on a minute, you had nine years of it in John Tavares, and granted, they weren't in the same situation. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the, not even they close. They didn't have the management. They, didn't have, they weren't winning. <laughs> I understand that, but the ultimate point I'm trying to make here, let's just say for argument's sake that Panarin did come over here, the building wasn't going to be sold out every night anyway. I mean, it might have helped. I'll give you that. Nine, nine game winning streak but with a guy like Panarin on it. You know, you, ha- you, you, think, you have a draw. Yeah, I think I think look at the look at look at look at the pass look at the pass look at the pass that Panarin made on Saturday on Ryan Strom's goal. Right, that basically means that like any like like Cole Bardro like, could have put that in. Komarov would have put that in. Like. I would have put that in. I would have put that in. I'm not saying, well, yeah, maybe. But anyway, I'm not saying that 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 Barzal is is can't be at that level at 28. But Barzal's not 28 yet. Right. <laughs> you know, he's a long way away from 28. 
I'm I'm just talking from the from the perspective of this attendance topic that we're talking about here. I'm saying that I don't think the attendance would be much different if Panarin was out there too. Well, let me because because you can. O- I'll how, give you an example. How much I'll better you are you going to win nine games? Well, gi- <laughs> no, 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 games. no, 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 no. You know I'm what gonna I mean? Give <laughs> an, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. Remember when they acquired Ryan Smith? Yeah. Ryan Smith yep. was yep. out of left field. Was the best player available at the trade deadline? Okay. They acquire yep. Ryan Smith. This is a team that was already at the top of the conference, and they would go into the playoffs, right? When Ryan Smith had his co- his press conference, he said, "I'm going to go play for a cup." That's what he. That was his words. Right. Right. The building I was in the building that night was completely filled. It was not filled on most nights that season, but when Ryan Smith came into town, the building was filled. That's the kind Just of thing. Just the one night. It's a play. <laughs> oh my god I mean, wow point, but fellas fellas i'm just looking at this long term here okay oh i'm no god. i'm looking at this i'm looking at this you don't think that a player that uh, uh, an, an acquisition of a player like that in the in the term of Buddy, a ryan I'm smith i'm not saying it's not going to spark the fans i'm not saying it won't but i'm talking long term filling that building I don't think it's going to be that, you know, one-time remedy, like the, the magical remedy to, to solve the issue. I think it's, it's much more inherent in this team being successful regardless of what names are on the backs of those jerseys, whether it's Panarin, Barzell, or whomever. I just feel like they have to put themselves back on the map. I mean, they have been fighting tooth and nail. They're on, but they're to on get, the map. No, listen though, to me. Dude. They've been fighting tooth and nail to get back on the ma- on the hockey map. Look, mm. I mean, we, we've 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 talked about it. It's even been said in this conversation. E- Andy said it himself. They're on a nine-game winning streak, and nobody is talking about them. They have not earned nope. back the respect of the media at large in the NHL, and they have not earned back the respect of the New York media. And clearly, it's going to take a long time because they've rattled off nine wins, and nobody gives a shit. Well, outside I, of out of sight of the the clowns listening to this show and us as clowns as well, and I mean that endearingly. Is, is it's just like there's clearly the casual fan still needs to be won back. You have your diehards, you have the everybody who's bleeding orange or blue, and that's great. But clearly, the average sports fan needs to be drawn back into the New York Islanders, and it hasn't happened yet, and it's going to take time. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I like I, I, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, look. I, I, I agree with you that that this has been a very quiet nine-game winning streak. I understand that completely. Is it the fact? Again, is the is it the fact that the 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 media completely ignores them because they're it? And look, what I'm saying is by this marquee player. I'm not talking about a marquee player like you know, oh, a guy just puts points up. A guy like Panarin, like 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 Andy just said, is the kind of player that puts fannies in the seats because. People have to go out because he's going to do something that's spectacular. He's going to do something else, like a Nathan McKinnon. Like, a th- like I'm just what I'm talking about is a player that's going to make people say, "Hey, the Islanders are playing tonight. We have got to go see what I, this guy's going to do." I agree next. with you guys. Right. Let's help. let's let right. Let's let's be fair. Like like I see Sean's point. I don't disagree with either of you. I'm going to play the middle here, and I know you're going to hate me for that, but I, <laughs> I'm going to play the middle here because I see the points both of you are making are valid. I think, and and you both have very good arguments. For, for for and against this discussion, but you know, I, I think that to just drive home Tony's point a little more in terms of of a marquee player bringing people into the seats like that, you know, let let's be realistic. And I'm not saying this because he's gone. I, I think I've actually said this before, and I've I've, all, I've also spoken on my dislike of him in terms of the job he did as captain. But John Tavares was a very boring superstar. 
Okay. <laughs> he was a he was a very boring superstar. Okay. I, 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 I and, have to and, agree with you, buddy. In my opinion, okay, on the ice, especially off the ice, he was a very boring superstar. Um, I don't think he was the captain that this team needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, um, right. That's, I think, where Tony's saying that marquee player, that guy who who's, who was going to go out on the ice and, you know, a little more flash, <laughs> a little more flash, um, for this team would be a very, very good thing. Um, and I don't think it would hinder them in terms of, to Sean's point, building a team around that superstar that's going to that's going to have long-term success. Agreed. I'll Fel- say it that way. Fellas, I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I just don't think it's enough. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, bringing in a marquee player, marquee player to this franchise is going to help. It's going to spark the fans. I'm just not so sure that it's really going to make up those numbers where all of a sudden we're seeing sellouts, you know, from here until the end of the season and beyond. That's all I'm trying to say. You guys are right. I just think it's more more short-term, and I'm talking about the long-term. I'm talking about fans Mm -hmm. consistently coming to the building and filling it out and being willing to pay whatever market value is because, let's face it, I mean, everybody who's going to Islander games, they're not paying market value. Right. You look at the rest of the league, I mean, with the exception of, you know, maybe the Carolinas and the Florida Panthers and some other teams out there, I mean, you can't get into the garden for not too much less than $100 when they're playing well. Maybe now you can. It's not $100. That's not even – $100 isn't even – isn't even close. I mean, when you you talk about the Rangers, my son has been to two Ranger games this year, the home opener and another one, and both times – spent upwards of 150 bucks just well, to get the, in the building. There you have it right there. And, and, I mean, you're talking about single-digit tickets that people can't even sell. So this team has a lot of work. And they're not that do. good. The Rangers, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. yeah. Right. They're not even that good. No, exactly. So, I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, you have a franchise in the Rangers that have literally been around essentially double the amount of time that the Islanders have, mm-hmm. right? You, Their original six franchise, they have literally generations of, Family trees branching off into fan after fan after fan. So they can charge $150 to get in their building. They're also in the middle of Manhattan, bro. It's it's completely different. They have a lot going for them. Yes, but... You still have Yeah, I mean team. look, 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Like I used to love like when the Islanders were at the garden and I and I went to cover that game. Oh, uh, and I left work. It was like <laughs> twelve minutes I'm at the rink. I was like, Oh, this is beautiful. Of course, of course. This it, is beautiful. Yeah. It, the fact remains though, is that we're we're really starting to see that this this team has a lot of work to do to fill that building, and yeah, it probably st- it starts with bringing in a marquee guy to to add to the marquee next to Matt Barzell. I agree with you guys there. I just think it's going to take more than that. Well, it, it really it started it, it it was it's a it's a step process, bro. Also, you got to remember it, it it started yeah, with yeah. proper management. It started with the it, it started with a coach. It sta- and then it it's 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 good. we've gotten that point so far. So yes, yes now you're starting to see right, the right. On well, the ice. well, it was it was was. It was stable ownership. Right? It was right. it was stable exactly. ownership. It was a building. Right. It was mm-hmm. coaching, a coaching staff, a fully competent, experienced, office, respected coaching years. staff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So you, you, as Tony said, you go in steps. So you go, you go ownership, then you go, then the ownership works in the building, and then bingo eight, and then connects the team ownership, then brings in the proper front office personnel, and you know to run the club, coaching staff, and then. That filters down to the players and and right down the line where, as Tony said, we're where we're at today, and that's a very a very good hockey team that's very well coached, very well disciplined, 
a pain in the ass to play against. We just got to get people to start giving a shit about it. And one exactly. superstar at, away at, from being an <laughs> elite NHL team. I, I, I agree. So at the end of the day, after all of that, that I suppose somewhat doom and gloom over the fan base and the attendance and stuff like that, we can end that on a positive note saying that all of those things that you just listed, Andy, are in place and they are headed in the right direction. It's just going to take some time. Absol- oh, absolutely. They are definitely in the right direction. They're in a much better shape organization, I think, than a lot of teams in this league right now. No um, doubt about it. I, I, I think that you know, it, it, the only thing that possibly was to say was I'd like to see them in, in the next couple of years um, build up Bridgeport a little more. I think that the depth down there could be could be worked on, but outside yes. of that, it's 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 definitely an upwards trajectory for this organization going forward. Without question, Andy and Andy, I I can't thank you enough. You gave us a lot of your time tonight. We really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, stuff. I'm good. I'm good, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm All good. Right. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. fair enough. I was gonna let you go. You can hang out if you want. It's up to you, pal. No, right, you do whatever you want. You want to. <laughs> I'm just telling you I'm good. Don't feel like I'm you're taking up too much of my time. Uh, all right. I'm 40, I'm 40 years old. Where the hell am I going? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, I mean, now you, you caught me off guard here because now I feel bad and if we let you go. <laughs> no, Andy, I'll, 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 no, either or I'm good. I'll, I'll let you have the rest of your night, buddy. We, we really appreciate the time you gave us. It was awesome. And uh, looking forward to the next time. Okay, buddy? Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. All right, Andy. Take care. Thanks, Andy. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Andy Graziano from WFAN.com. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, He always gives us a lot of time. We appreciate it. Great discussion there. And, Tony, we can piggyback off that if you want, if we just want to wrap that up. And, yeah, you know, look, I think we just have to look at this in a – it's not It's not something that's going to be solved overnight. I mean, we're, we're learning right now that a nine-game winning streak with tickets being sold for, for pennies, they're still not bringing people out. So that's not you – know, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden fans are well, going to start showing up. So I mean, I mean look, let's, think, let's, look, let's also for not – mm. For the fans that are upset about the attendance, I understand. I, I, I'm with you. Chris, this is for you, buddy. <laughs> right. I get it. The guys are putting a good show on the ice, and they deserve to be supported. I get that. Look, I, I don't know. Without being in their shoes myself, how discouraging is it for them to not see a full building? I don't know. I, I would like to think because they're professionals, they can block that shit out, and they don't have to worry about it. Right? I told you. They they're go happy, out there. And they're very happy with the fan yeah. base. They talk about it all yeah, the time. They, they go out off, there. So. They do their job. And they, and they probably themselves understand that this is a work in progress. So, look, I, I'm not saying, you know, quiet the passion, end the passion. Look, I want people out there just as much as you do, but at the same time, I'm going to stick by my mantra here. I'm not going to tell anybody how to spend their time and their money. When when the casual sports fan finally gets won over by the New York Islanders and, and they decide that they're worthy of their money, they will show up. That has not happened yet, and I would like to think if they continue on the traje- trajectory that they're on now, it will eventually happen. But again, a first-round win... Over the course of three years, what? They've done it twice in, what, three, four years now? Yep. And the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. No, it no. Really it is nothing. Th- look, for, there's for no question. For us as question. Islander fans, it's, it's huge because it hasn't happened in a, in a damn eternity. Right. So, yeah, we're all excited. We're happy. They're successful. we got Barry Trotz behind the bench. Right. All good stuff. But, you know, while that carries a lot of weight for you 
Tony, me, and anybody listening to the show, any fan of the team, it doesn't really mean shit to the casual fan in the grand scheme, right? I, I, no, listen. You know I, what I mean? I, 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 I everybody, get it. Everybody I get who it. is reading the papers for the Yankees, the Jets, the Mets, they're, they're, not, they're not turning the page and seeing, you know, the Islanders rattling off a nine-game winning streak and saying to themselves, oh, well, I better, I better start buying tickets now. Well, I think, you know? that, I, I think that now that this, you know, but, uh, you know, I think that yes, you're getting to that point now where where, team, where people are starting to notice like, hey, this team was good last year. They're good this year. You know, like yeah, it's only it's only what what do we say? 14 games into the season. I mean, yes, they have a nine game winning streak. 14 games into the season, if if this continues, obviously, and this team is among among the upper echelon of, of teams, you know, come you know uh, what end of December, beginning of January. Yeah, I think that you know, I think that at that point you could start be you could start complaining about the fact that the building is not completely full every night. But let's, I mean, let's let's just be, uh, uh, let's let's kind of circle to the point where we keep saying that it, we're having problems selling out the building, whatnot, whatever. There are, you know, I mean, the building is 80% full, okay? So it's not as if there's nobody there. And remember, there are other 80% teams. of like 13,000, though. No, I mean, the, I, the capacity is low to begin with. No, I agree. And wh- what's it, what's what's Belmont going to be for hockey? What is it? It's 16? It's going to be 17 and change. 17 and change. All right, so... So yes, I and I agree with you. The new building, I, I think that you know, I think obviously Lou recognized the fact that that marquee player was was is part of the is 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 part of the equation here, and it is. There's no question. There is a, the, the the marquee name and the marquee player is definitely part of that. Barzell is 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 a terrific young player. I'm not I'm not he's taking a marquee anything. Player. They have one. He's another one would be nice, but let's not let's not forget that they already have one of those. Yeah, guys. he no, he's I I ag- I agree with you. Okay, but he's one of the most exciting players in the he league. He is an exciting player. I'm not saying that, but he is not a he is not a an Alex Ovechkin. You know and I'm saying like he's not a. I not know you're talking about generational players. I'm not. I understand that, but yeah. I'm just I'm just saying that. When you look at teams like Washington, with we, you know, with like we said, Backstrom, Carlson, Ovechkin, you look at teams like um, you know, Pittsburgh with Malkin, Crosby, uh, Latang. Latang, yeah, yeah, you know, I get uh, it. Flurry. I mean, the, the, you know, these, on an island on his own, right? He's, yeah. he, he is, and and it's not that Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle and Ryan Paul, all great complimentary, they're players. all very good players. They are very good players, but they they don't have that name recognition and sometimes absolutely look i mean and look it, it it just comes down to sometimes it just it comes down to the fact of is that fans need to see you know the casual fan that will come in and you know like look look, look for example and, and again it's another sport or whatnot or whatever but when the philadelphia phillies signed bryce harper over the summer they sold like twelve thousand uh season tickets in in a week okay now he's a marquee superstar type of player now Fans were just waiting for that type of move to push the the organization forward, to pu- push the franchise forward, and I and the and they were they, they weren't very good before. Obviously, you know, you get a player like Harper, you want to see what he's going to do night in and out. How hard is he? How how you know how long of a home run is he going to hit? What kind of a play is he going to make in, in the outfit? Whatever. That's the kind of thing that it it's it's just it's a good team. It's a very good team right now, and they 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 are playing out of their minds at this point. But that. That will that uncoupled with that with with Barry Trotz and his system and his goaltenders and everything like that that with all of it, with everything else will push them to night in night out fifteen sixteen seventeen thousand and it's just it's part of an a full equation and you know the, in, like Andy said ownership front office coaching staff product on the ice it's the the new building is coming F- the five keys are already there it's the one 
more the one thing that's missing and it, it'll happen it sooner or later i mean you see he he recognized the fact that that's out, that was out there you know so it's yeah. it's it's going to happen at some point or another it's the only thing at this point in my opinion that does not have them talked about as an elite team and i'll tell you honestly and you know and and, and you know you said before about the fact that you know the media at large you know, kind of ignores the Islanders and whatnot or whatever. It seems that the only time that the media gets involved with the Islanders is to poke, you know, make right. a poke here, make a poke right. there. And I, I and I honestly think that after the whole thing, after the whole Tavares thing with him leaving and, you know, the fans' reaction and everything, which everybody's reaction was justified. I'm not saying that, okay? But I think that they, they look at it as like it's an easy target at this point. And they're oh not going to give – and they're not going to give the credit – where they, you know, because they're not going to eat the the crow that they need to eat because of all the crap that they've given that's, over the that's time. That's been the story forever. It is. And I, I mean, think that 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 this team right now, as currently constructed, has got to turn. It's got they they're the only ones at this point that have they're gonna uh, that are gonna flip that. Okay, they have to continue to play the way that they play. They need to make it into the playoffs. They need to go round and round out deep. Into the into the you know into the to the Stanley Cup playoffs to make it to the point where they're forced to be noticed and you know and that's really what it comes down to at this point is that the Canadian media is going to continue to poke the bear every time every chance that they get even though that they're, they're playing at the, at that that at the level that they are and you've seen different guys I don't remember I don't know if it was Darren Drager or somebody pointed out that the Islanders have more wins since Lou Lamarillo took over. Than that's than right. the Maple Leafs do. That's right. That's right. I, I think that might have been uh that might have been Brian Lawton. Oh, you're you're NHL right. Network. I think it was Brian Lawton. That's correct. Yeah. But that's but that and and, and it's but it's yeah, right. And who's going to talk about that? Right. No one because right. no one picked it Except up. Except Brian Lawton, I guess. Exactly. And no <laughs> one picked it up at that point. No one. Right. No. Look again. It's it's this is this is deep seated here. This is this has been a stench that's been on this franchise. For a long time, and it all started in the nineties. It did. And, it did. Just what and, we were talking about before. And, and every time they had an opportunity, it seemed to kind of, you know, get away from that. They couldn't get out of their own way. There was something else that happened that just dug them further, you know, deeper into this hole of just obscurity and, you know, insignificance and the it joke was a combination of everything. They the were. joke that they turned out to be, and it started so, so with the Gluckster. It started with with uh, with what's his name. Uh, the the fake owner. What was his name again? I blocked Spano? that. That's the one. I blocked it started that out before Spano. No, but it, that's where that's where everything completely went off the rails. Okay, because that, now that might now have been they rock were, bottom. Sure, they were the <laughs> acts. I don't even think that that was rock bottom. I think rock bottom is when Milstein and Gluckstein <laughs> came in. You could have a in. whole show. <laughs> what about the Milstein and Gluckstein? They they told Milbury they wanted a twelve million dollar payroll. Buddy, I I know. I lived it. <laughs> I know. I, I remember. I, I, I did too. Uh, no, I was I, there. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just. I was there this, too, buddy. Look, it it all just goes to the, to the point with all that stuff happened. It, it's just amazing. It really is an amazing story when you think about it. Where this franchise was the model franchise that I never got to experience because I wasn't alive then. They were the model franchise in the eighties dynasty. I mean, everybody was was just you know worshiping. Al Arbor and Bill Torrey. They were. I was alive the franchise for that. at large, I right? Was around for that. And they just went from that to just utter, you know, obscurity. Disaster. Yes. 
but I, you know what? I don't want to dwell on this, Tony, because the Islanders are on a nine-game winning streak. No, no, this no, is no, no. Supposed no, to be a positive. And I, no, no. It is. It is. And it's. I mean, it's a very positive show. We Look, feel very, here, very. Here's here's the cool thing. Very happy. Here's the good thing. Okay. The 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 biggest concern of ours right now is is how many people are showing up in the building because they're winning. They're winning games. They're they're on a nine-game winning streak. So there's really not much to say negatively about nitpick. what's going on you the can ice. Just nitpick there's at not this much point, to so. say about that. So yeah, I guess we can talk about if we're if we're searching for negatives. Yeah, I guess you look at the attendance. But again, at the end of the day, folks, it does not bother me. Uh, I understand if it bothers you. But look, if you're a diehard fan, you love this team. You show up. That's all that matters. You can't force people into the season. Hopefully, eventually they'll sh- they'll come. You know that they will when it gets close to the playoff time. Yeah, you know you've they seen will the, playoff, the playoffs. What the building looks like. Everybody, it's an atmosphere but, is tremendous. And, and again, that is just a further testament that people like to see winning, exciting hockey. The playoffs are a different animal. People will come out. This is gonna, this is gonna take time. So I, I I don't think anybody really needs to waste theirs getting up in arms over over the lack of attendance because this is our reality and this and is and and honestly and this is one of the and things. you know and what this is and, the, and, the and, and and get the cheap tickets while you can folks yes. because yeah, once, enjoy it because once enjoy people it. Because start once coming Belmont to the building, opens, you're going to be over. complaining about how much money you have to pay right. for tickets to get into that, the damn building. that shit is going to end really really so quick. So there's a, there's, a, there's a side to every coin here. There is and there is and this is the other thing and this is and I can't stress this enough to Islander fans and and and, and honestly uh, if you listen to the show on a weekly basis and if you do thank you very much but if yes, you yes. if you listen to the show every week you know how passionate that, that Sean and I are about this team how we always have been that way and and so on and so forth but the thing that you need to to remember is is that don't every everything everything a lot of things with Islander fans especially recently you take it to heart right you 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 really uh, you, you know you you're sensitive about things that's the word i'm looking for it's, everyone seems to be sensitive about something you're sensitive about what the ranger fans are saying you're sensitive about what the maple leafs are saying you're sensitive <laughs> about what tavares is doing and who cares you have barry trotz behind the bench you have a respected organization in amongst in hockey now because of lou lamarillo and because of the ownership team that you have you have a team that's on a nine game winning streak forget all that noise don't worry about any of it. Enjoy your team. Walk around with, with a smile on your face and, 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 and be be happy. And if a Ranger fan makes a comment to you, just be like, okay, dude, whatever. It doesn't matter. because Standings, bro. It doesn't. Standings. It, you don't even have to say that. <laughs> I don't have to say it because everyone knows the Islanders are on a nine-game winning streak right now. If you're a hockey fan, you know. And if you don't know, you're not a fan. You don't know anything about hockey at that point. Yeah. So don't be so sensitive. Don't worry about what other people are saying. <laughs> Screw them. It's just enjoy, enjoy your team, enjoy what you're seeing. These guys, they love playing for the Islanders. They're they're kicking ass. They're playing out there for you. They mention you almost every time that they have a microphone in their face. They love it here. Enjoy it and because that was yeah five that's minutes it. with Doctor Tony. Yes, well that's that's what. And if anybody wants, that'll me, be seventy five dollars. I'd be like Lucy from the Peanuts for 75 cents. You'd sit out there, and then I'll just pull the football out from you when you try to punt it. Well, Tony and folks, I I didn't see us going on such an extended rant about the attendance or not, but it was was, was a fun conversation. I think it was worthy of having. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But, Tony, we got to take a break now because we got to do the hero. We got to touch on a few things before we wrap this thing up. So, folks, thank you. Very, very much for hanging with us here at Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We'll be right back. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders! Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. In New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. When you hear this song, that means it's time for the hero of the week. So, Tony, a lot of candidates because they rattled off another two wins this week. They've extended it to nine. But the amount of times that we've mentioned it so far on the show, everybody is well aware. But we still got to do the hero, buddy. We got to pick one guy each to, to highlight who, who showed and displayed heroics during these two games to help extend this, game, this winning streak to nine. So, Tony, with your absence last week, I'm going to let you take it away regardless of who went first the time before. Tony Stabile, you're going first. I want to know, who is your hero of the week? Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for remembering to do the hero of the week. That was really nice of you. <laughs> right. because what happened? Because two weeks, two weeks ago. ago, you just said, ah. Oh, oh, you're putting this on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all yes. right. All right. Okay, yes. fine. Fine. My, c- completely my fault. So, I mean, you could have chimed in. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Okay. All no, right. no All it's right, because, because because you, right. you should take responsibility fine. because I I just I oh, I, okay, I feel like putting that on you. So. Thank you, Tony. That's I fine. will take the lead on this. Thank Please you very do. much. And I am going to give my hero of the week to a guy who I've already given it to at some point or another, but who earned his first shutout as a New York Islander last oh. night, and that is Semyon Varlamov. Semyon Varlamov played hands down his best game as a New York Islander last yes, it night. Was. Uh, he 
Buffalo is a much different team this year than they were last year under Ralph Kruger. They have a, a lot of offensive firepower. A team that's played very well early on this season. They put some shots. They put some opportunities on Semyon Varlamov, and he was there. He was up to the task. Played a very solid game last night. Got the Islanders there. one nothing win in Buffalo to do, as we said a million times during the show, extended their winning streak to nine games. Have to be very happy with that. Happy with both the goaltenders, but with Ralamov getting his first shutout, I will make him my hero of the week. Well done, Tony Stabil. Well done, well done. I think that's an excellent choice. And it's and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say say this right now. It's probably better than my choice. I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'm more uh, shocked wish, that I you admitted that. I wish everybody could see or... the face that you just made. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I, I I think so. He's a great choice. But there is a man that I think needs to be recognized. And there's a lot of guys you can give this this accolade too because look I mean when you're winning games everybody's contributing right I mean I, I said this last week that I, I went through like three or four honorable mentions just because there's so many guys you could have given it to right but there's one guy I think we need to recognize who uh, has now at least at least four now solidified himself as a top six winger on this team and that is none other than number 10 Mr. Derek Broussard ooh okay I go with that buddy career like that. high five game goal streak Never done it before, but he's done it with the orange and blue. This is a guy who I think people had some 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 reasonable hopes reservations for. about. Well, reservations, but also some hopes that he was going to resurrect his career a little bit here with the Islanders and bounce back. He he bounced from team to team over the last couple of years, and he couldn't really get his footing. And look, I'm not going to say the guy was was out of control. Look, he scored an empty net goal, and he and he put a bank shot in from behind the net last night. That was kind of a fluke, so it's not. It's not like he went crazy, mm -hmm. but this is more of a, a recognition for what he's done since he's been put in that winger spot next to Brock Nelson in that top six role. He, he kind of went from, you know, invisible to visible and, and in a very positive way. He's putting points up on the score sheet. He's getting goals in there, and everybody wanted to know where the goals are going to come from before Everly went down. Everly goes down. Broussard comes in here, and he's factoring in. And, I mean, how do you argue with the numbers this guy's put up now through the first, you know, 13 games here of the season, can't. right? You can't. So, you know, maybe you look at a guy like Anders Lee who's played well. Josh Bailey also been playing very well during the streak. Obviously, Matt Barzell. I mean, you can give Matt Barzell the hero every week, really, if you want. Sure. But I wanted to highlight Derek Broussard because he had a very slow start to the season. Everybody was very concerned about what he was going to bring. It wasn't really working out for him in that third-line center spot. It's going to be interesting when Jordan Everly does come back healthy and what that's going to mean for Broussard and where he ends up. But for now, Tony, Derek Broussard is my hero of the week. It's a good choice. It's a very good choice. Mine was better, but it's a good choice nonetheless. <laughs> well, look, Varlamov earned it more than Broussard did. Again, I mean, an empty net goal and a, and a fluke goal from behind the net. I mean, how do you really compare the two with the shutout that Varlamov had last mm -hmm. night? Right. Yeah, I get it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's my point. So, that's, you, so, so you win this one, Tony. Uh, Congratulations. Well, thank you very much for admitting that. I can't believe that <laughs> happened, but okay. <laughs> you know what? Once in a blue moon, pal. Once in a blue moon. It probably won't happen again. So that I'll agree with. Cherish this. No, one. that I'll agree with. It took five years, so <laughs> I'm going to wait another five for the next one. Okay, yeah, next five. Yeah, fine. Next, mm -hmm. next five years. Good. All right, folks. So, you know, we're, we're going to try to squeeze a couple more things in before we wrap it up. We went so long with that uh, attendance, uh, you know, debacle, but um, we'll, 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 we'll reel it back in here. I mean, look, you guys watch the game, so we don't really have to dive into that. You know that they won 5-2 to two the other night against the Bolts. They took down one of the top teams in the league despite their slow start. They shut down the Buffalo Sabres quite literally. Zero goals, one nothing. They played their game. 
low-scoring affair. That's a Barry Trotz hockey, and they, they took care of business there. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe you want to just talk about the tic-tac-toe goal that they, they scored against Tampa Bay. That was a thing of beauty between Bailey, Barzell, and, and Lee. With Bailey putting that one in, that was a thing of beauty there. And you had the uh, – Pollock dropped another bomb in that game from the point. He got it. That was that assisted was by the French shot, connection the that I'd like that to call. That was a beautiful shot. It was, he look, he's, he's firing it back there. He's getting it through the net, and it's going in. Uh, well, I, I just – I would like to uh, – I'd, I'd like to also thank Josh again for listening and for taking uh, my, my unsolicited <laughs> yeah, advice right. about shooting, shooting more because it seems that every time this guy takes a shot, it goes in the net. So uh, – Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank, thank you, look, Josh. Look Bailey, forward to seeing you again it. soon, buddy. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. You know, so, but uh, uh, look, I, I mean, look, they, they they really played they played a great game against Tampa Bay on Friday, uh, and uh, look, albeit Tampa is is off to a little bit of a slow start this year, they're not playing the way that they played last night, not playing the way they played last season. Um, that being said, they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're still coached by John exactly. Cooper. Andre exactly. Vasilevsky is still their goaltender and. Last time I checked, Kucherov, Stamkos, and Braden Point was still a thing. So I mean, still a thing. so I, I, I you know, you, you got to take it any way that you can get it. Five to two is a great game. They played, they played outstanding. Uh, you saw, you know, Barzell just going circles around the net. That greasy goal that Anders Lee scored in that game. The bullet from Pollock. The beautiful pass uh, to Josh Bailey. I mean, it was just outstanding, outstanding stuff. I mean, really. And, you know, look, you have guys on this team that can put the puck in the net. You've seen it. You're seeing it on a nightly basis. And Derek Broussard, I, I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on on a limb here and say that I don't think you'll be seeing him at center anytime soon. Not looking that way. Because, holy cow, this guy can play the wing. So, <laughs> so far, so good. Let him keep going. I mean, uh, maybe they got to worry about his Brock and Bavillier. Yeah, I mean. The I, French connection. Uh, Leo might be playing center on the third line when he comes back because I don't think I that don't there's know. any way that you can put him uh, you can put him back at center. And speaking of having guys that can put the puck in the net since that's been such a big concern going back to last year, the Islanders are currently 16th overall in the league averaging 3.08 goals per game. So they're right in the middle of the pack. Mm. They're not at the bottom. Nope. They're nope. they're, doing they're putting a the puck job. in the net. They're putting the they're puck putting in the, the net. Puck in they're the averaging net. over 3 goals a game. That's mm. good to see. They're fourth overall in goals against at 2.15. Uh, Boston's leading the charge there, but they're they're once again at the top of the league in goals against, so that's all good. Do we know what their record is on games that they've scored? Have they have they lost a game where they've scored more than three goals? Uh, no, I, I I'm pretty confident in saying no. I'm pretty confident not. that you're right. I I can actually give you a, a more definitive answer when I can find this off of uh, <laughs> Eric Hornick's NYS Skinny, but of course I, I'm having trouble. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick <laughs> with that. I'm gonna say <laughs> that. That yeah, I don't think they've lost a game where they've scored three goals or more. That's that's the magic number, buddy. I mean, we've been talking about that for a while. Mm -hmm. But if you get mm -hmm. to three goals, more than likely you're you're winning the game. So you know, and, and they're they're doing an excellent job at it. They're putting up you know four or five goals a game it seems since the streak started. You know, with the exception of what the low scoring game last night, the low scoring game against Florida, to get it get it going. But I think beyond that, they've pretty much been scoring three goals or more, uh, pretty much throughout the streak. So so all good stuff there. And just to key on these stats, they're all, actually they're also third in the league in shooting percentage, eleven point four percent. Yeah, but they were high last year too, weren't they? I mean, I thought that was uh, like, and people said, oh, they'll right, never the be PDO able to continue and the to lock get and all that thing. They'll never yeah. be able to keep this going. It's no, it's impossible. Yeah, I, I just, I'm tired of hearing that. Stuff. Third in the league in save percentage, ninety three point one. Thank you very much, Thomas Grice and Semyon Varlamov. And if there's one category you want to gripe about, but I'm not going to because it doesn't matter to me, but they are dead last in the league in shots on goal f goals for per game. 
They are 31st with 27. They're averaging 27 shots a game, and that is the bottom of the league. But as Barry Trot says, it's about quality, not that's, quantity. That's exactly right. And by the way, yes, they have not lost a game. They've lost, what, three games so far this season. They lost 2-1 to Washington, 5-2 to Edmonton, 5-2 to Carolina. There you have it, Tony. Thank you very it. much for backing me up there. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yep. I every other game that they've – every that. other game – they have uh, every other game they won, so that's, you know. So. And to, to rattle off a couple more stellar stats here, they are leading the league in blocked shots. They're averaging 19.2 per game. Let's go to hits here. They are fifth overall with 26.9. They're always going to be So if you like your numbers, you know, th- there you go. They're, they're, they're leading the league right there, and, and then y- they're middle of the pack as far as penalty minutes go, and, and we've talked about the great power play conspiracy. <laughs> hopefully, mm. hopefully that levels out as the season goes on. But, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't do so well in the power play in these last couple games. They didn't really need to, as we've seen. But they went over 3 against Tampa Bay the other night. I think they only had one power play last night against Buffalo. Surprise, surprise. And they did not cash in on that. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Where do we want to go from here? Oh, yeah. We uh, had Washington a ca- we had did a win game. tonight, by the way, 4-2. to two, So okay. they are, yes, three games in hand. And they have uh, 25 points where the Islanders have just 20. Okay. So they win those three games and they're, they're a point up. Sure. So sure. just win, win just three go from 9-12 to 12 and we're all yeah, set. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Uh, one thing we do Simple have to solution. note, there was a casualty last night. Nick Letty ended up coming out of the lineup. He's day-to-day he with a lower body injury. That yeah. got Noah Dobson back in. Uh, he acclimated, acclimated himself quite look well, good, I look think. Good, by I the think way. he looked fine. Look I think good. he looked well. So uh, you don't want it to be at the expense of a guy getting injured, but we've talked about this on the show, that I think that they've had Dobson up with exactly this situation in mind. When the inevitable defenseman injury comes, mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy that gets in there. So, look, I want to see Dobson get into more games, but I don't want to see guys get hurt. So I'm just going to say good luck to Barry to um, – <laughs> to juggle in this situation and making it work out <laughs> as best as it can right. until somebody gets dealt or somebody goes down long term with an injury i think this is just what we're going to have with the noah dobson situation it's not exactly ideal but at the end of the day i do still think it's better than having him go back to junior so agreed hopefully he just gets into more games than not and, you know it's tough he's with, gonna with the way boy chuck's playing he's gonna it's tough look he's gonna he's eventually with his play he's too talented not to he's eventually going to force his way into the lineup the same way that devon taves did last year the same way that Ryan Pollock eventually did. And, it's, and I just wanted to touch on this one thing that we talked about that we never really – that we mentioned with Andy, but we didn't really touch on this part. But he mentioned the fact that Pollock and, Pol- and Pollock are, are, are really the de facto number one uh, yes. pairing on this team, and they're out against the, the top pairing of the – you know, the top line of, of most teams that they play on night in and night out. And how amazing is that? Ryan Pollock, they didn't want to put him in an NHL game because they were afraid to expose – his lack of defense, and meanwhile now he's on the top pairing on one of the on the best defensive team in hockey. Well, not only that, buddy, but you know Adam Pellick has led this team in ice time six times since the season started, and they are undefeated in those six games when Adam Pellick is the ice time leader. And you you want to know how much how long do you think he was out in the ice last night against Buffalo? What do you think? Uh, Give me a considering I, I I saw him out there like it seemed like every other shift, I'm going to go 24 minutes. Yeah, you cheating. No. <laughs> he was out there for 24-42. Nice. Nice job, Tony. Thank nice you, job. Sir. Thank you. But I feel like we've seen more of a balance with the with the minutes on the defense. So when I saw that number, I thought it was relatively high. Now, that, now granted, that doesn't mean I've been checking these numbers every game, so I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I feel like 24-42 is pretty high. So they're putting a lot of trust. No, that's definitely high. I mean, uh, For I, the Islanders, I mean. you know, I feel like, for again, it's a little more balanced. 
and you don't see him going too hot. You used to see guys like Eric Carlson minutes. play that kind of those kind of minutes. Uh, Ryan Suter used to play minutes like that. I mean, it's you know those, those are the guys you used to see playing you know 23, 24 right. minutes a night. So to, to yours and Andy's point, I mean, they're putting a lot of faith in these guys, and and they're they're rewarding the coaching staff for doing it because they're they're playing great defensive hockey, and you know it's great to see, and they just got to keep going. And, and the beautiful thing is these guys are young; they're going to be. You know, locked into this team for a while. They got as as Andy noted, they're going to have to extend Pollock this summer. But you know, I mean, this is a nice young defensive core, with mm-hmm. the exception of uh, with Johnny Boychuk. But aside from that, I mean, this is a young core that they can keep intact for a long time. That's that's a great thing. Just uh, to answer your question about uh, about, about Pollock, he played twenty four forty two last night. His last four games before that, 21-51, Okay, so it was a jump. It was 20, a jump. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's about a three-minute jump. Okay. All right. So, But, you know, listen, Buffalo Buffalo was putting pressure on Verlamov. So, you want to typically have, you know, your better defensive plays, especially in a one nothing game, you know. And, and perhaps and that was at the expense of Noah Dobson. Maybe they were kind possibly, of, you possibly. know, protecting him a little bit. Maybe I, he I'll, I'll check to see minutes. what Dobson played last night just so, you're, just, just so we – Okay. If yeah, I'll, so I'll prove you right if you'd like to. So I, I love being proven right. It, it feels good to be right, let me tell you. So hopefully Letty's not out for too long, and uh, I, I have full faith in Noah Dobbs and being able to fill his shoes. I mean, he's playing his offside on the left, but he's a good defenseman. He's going to be all right. Now, before Paid 11.52 last night. Oh, okay, so there you go. I mean, you're talking less than half of what Pellet played. So they, mm-hmm. shot, they, sh- they shielded his 17 shifts, 11.52. All right. And it's funny because his oh his his first game against Edmonton, I mean, it was a bad game, but he was a plus one in that game that they, they lost 5-2. to two. He played 18 mm-hmm. minutes and 50 seconds of that game. Oh, wow. And the three games since, 13.52, 12.26, 11.52. Okay. So right. they definitely look like, slow. yeah, and all three of those games have been on the road, by the way. Oh, okay. His only game at home was the end of Edmonton game. Interesting. All right, one uh, other nugget. We can we can get past those games now. Like I said, all you guys watched them. We don't have to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I do. I would like to just touch on Bridgeport for a minute because yeah, I they had a really big win tonight. Go for it. We'll do the Bridgeport report with Tony Spiel, and then there's one other thing I want to touch on. Then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll I'll just I'll put out there that Bridgeport has been struggling to this point in the season. Uh, they were one seven two and one. Uh, leading into tonight. Yeah, what's going on down there? Yeah, it's been a little, it's been a little crazy to say the least. We we thought that this was going to be a, a good year for the Sound Yeah, Dodgers. they they they've, they've had, had some injuries. They've had some injuries. They've had some issues uh, in net. Uh, a guy who they brought in, Jared Carroll, who they 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 thought was going to solidify mm-hmm. that backup position behind Chris Gibson, has been an utter disaster. He's oh. 0 five oh. with a four and a half goals against average. So oh. it's been. Uh, uh, it's been a gracious. tough start for Jared Carroll. It sounds but, like it. But uh, a third-round pick, Jacob Skarrick, got his first AHL win tonight. Okay. 31 saves right. for the 19-year-old. Impressive performance uh, from him. Uh, Simon Holmstrom had his second AHL goal tonight. Nice. So he's got we two like goals that. and two goals from him. And Otto Koivula, who spent the last week and a half with the Islanders uh, up just uh, and on an emergency basis, goes down, scores two goals in his return to Bridgeport yes, tonight. Yes, so Rich, Rich Z actually requested that we touched yeah. on that because they did bring Otto up for these these couple of games. Yeah, but unfortunately, he did not get in on any action. No, but tough for a he's a good soldier. He gets sent back down to Bridgeport and he scores himself a few goals. How about that? Scores on an early and and and. Um, uh, this, and so they play Lehigh um, tonight, which is the Flyers' AHL um, right. 
team, and they had only lost one game in regulation to start the season off. They had a four, one, and uh, one and three up until this this portion of the season. Um, Alex Lyon is is probably one of the the best goalies in the AHL, um, and you know for them to to, to come out and, and win this game and play the way that they did. Koivula scored uh, on the first power play. Uh, it was only about two and a half minutes into the first period. Uh, Colin McDonald set him up. For the goal, hey, hey. nice to hear about Colin hey, hey, McDonald. Hey. McDonald played uh, for the Phantoms last year, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but uh, yeah, so it was a uh, it was a good a good night for uh, for them. Uh, 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 like I said, Scarrett gets his first win uh, of the season, first AHL win uh, in general. Uh, Matt Larido at this point leads the team uh, in points with seven in twelve games. Coyvel has got four points, and he's only in seven games. He's been hurt. Uh, the plus minuses for uh, for Bridgeport are ugly, to say the least. <laughs> they must ugly. be if they're losing all those games. Sebastian Ajo is a minus ten. Nice uh, so far. Kiefer Bellows a minus nine. Parker Watherspoon is another good defenseman, minus seven. I mean, it's not good. It's really <laughs> not good at all. Well, uh, and the goaltending, like I said, has been a little bit of a disaster uh, yeah. for them. Uh, but Skarik now is. He's, uh, he's got his he got his first win tonight, which was good. He got shelled in his first uh, outing, but uh, as far as I understand, it really was not his fault. Uh, and like I was telling you about uh, Jared Caro, he's uh, he's 5 and one with a 4.38 goals against average and an 8.72 save percentage, which is atrocious. He's given up 25 goals in six games. All right. Well, the, the good news is is that's the minor league team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. but you'd like your you'd like your <laughs> no, top prospects to absolutely. not be getting losing seven and up every night. Obviously, things need to change down there. I would like to see it happen, but more importantly for me, the big boys are doing their job up top with the nine game winning streak. But yes, obviously there's some work to do. I don't know if it's on Brent Thompson, if it's on Chris Lamarillo, if it's on the players or all the above. Yeah. But obviously something needs to change down there because that is not the start no. I thought they were going to And make. And just the, la- <laughs> the last thing which I just noticed, which is just crazy, and Chris Gibson has played to a 9-11 save percentage. He's at 2-7-0 goals against. He's 1-1-2, lost two games in overtime. Okay. He has had three shootout attempts taken against him, and all three of them have scored, Ouch. which is okay. terrible. That's, that's not His great. His shootout percentage is zero. Yeah, that's poor. Yeah. But you know what? The good news is you can only go up from there, Tony. Yes, yeah. Let's, if you want to look at it, look at it on the bright side, because because this is a happy show tonight. <laughs> this is a, this is good vibes, okay. good feelings. We we yeah. it seems like we keep trying to find ways to to be a Debbie Downer here. Well, Bridgeport well, sucks. Nobody showing up. Nobody to the would game. listen if we just uh, <laughs> sat here and uh, it was all sunshine and rainbows. So I mean, come on. All right, all right, fair enough. So one one thing I want to talk about real quick before we just look at the week ahead and then wrap up. Did you happen to see the ESPN piece? On the up and coming play by play men in the NHL, I did. I did see. I did see that, and two of our uh, of our friends of the show were on that list. That's right, and buddy, that's Mr. Brennan Burke, and uh, a favorite of ours. We hope to get him on this year is uh, Mr. Steve Mears. That's right, pal. The yeah. new age of NHL broad NHL broadcasting that also included. Mr. Alex Faust, he's doing play-by-play for the Kings. He's, what, 27, 28 years yeah, old? I can't guy. believe No, yeah. No, I think he's 30 now. He got the job when he was 27, 28, and he's 30 years old. I didn't even know that was going on over there. So nice little piece by Chris Peters over there at ESPN just all talking three about guys, how these guys and all three came guys into were... the league. They have different stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, look, we all know what a great job Brendan Burke does. Yeah. Steve Mears, I don't know if any of you guys remember, he used to do the radio, any of you young guys anyway. Phenomenal. He used to do the radio for the Islanders. Um, a, little while, a little while back, great guy. We've had him on the show, as Tony said. 
And, uh, no, it's great to see. And it's interesting, too. It talks about, you know, just how long these broadcasters hang on to these jobs for, and yeah. you rarely see a change. So all three of the guys that these guys replaced were all the guys who retired. Right. All the guys retired. Howie Rose retired right. from the Islanders, got Brennan Durkin's job. Um, uh, Mirzi got his job because what was it? What was the the Pittsburgh? I didn't I didn't particularly care for that guy either because he, <laughs> he was a homer. He was a homer. Remember, remember that game the the fight night at the oh at the, yeah oh, that that's was right. Bro, he was just brutal. I don't remember night. his I don't name. Remember that. He's, yeah, but, but I was in the press box that night, and I could hear him because you remember oh, the funny. press box was right next to yeah, the yeah, yeah. The, uh, the visiting TV booth, right. and you could hear him loudly, loudly chastising the Islanders in the press box, and we were like, oh, my Lord. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. well, he's out. Unfortunately, we, we forgot his name, but he's out. And he's gone. Steve Mears is in, and he's a, he's a great dude, and. You know, really happy for him. I mean, that's essentially his dream job. He grew up a Pittsburgh fan. If you read the piece, mm-hmm. he was a big Penguins guy. Talked about how he, how he used to play NHL 96, and he'd be the Penguins, and he'd be doing the play-by-play, you know, while he was playing. So that's pretty cool. Well, so. I, know that I wasn't the only one doing that. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us can admit we were doing things like that back <laughs> in the day. But good for them. It's great stuff, and, and you can't say enough about the job that Brendan Burke has done since he's taken over for Howie Rosen. I was always a big Howie Rose fan. Yes, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he used to be a Ranger fan and all that stuff, I thought oh, he was. A, he did a phenomenal he job did with the a Islanders. Phenomenal and job. And those were big shoes to fill. And, and Brendan Burke has been awesome. And he's an Islander true and true. He really is at this point. He always. Yeah. Anytime I mean, you ask on. him about it, I mean, he used to talk. It's so funny though, man. Like I, I still come across some Islander fans who just can't get over the fact that he did the Mateau call and he used to do the Rangers uh, radio and he used, and he grew up a Ranger fan. There like, are there there. I are mean, I, look, I I adm- I, <laughs> I give credit for for really being that that diehard anti Ranger fan and, and Islander fan, but you know, I mean, come on. Bro, they're 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 a li- look. He's gone to bat so many times for this team during oh, during the, the unbelievable. years. But look, look he did a great think, job. think of it this way. Think of it this way. Every fan base has these fans who are just completely irrational about something. Okay? No. Just completely irrational about something. What yeah. are you talking about? And I, I hate to jump back to baseball again, but Carlos Beltran Stop. just got the Mets manager position. <laughs> there are people who still blame him for losing the. Game six, uh, you know, uh, uh, of the ALCS against y- the Cardinals. You might as well be speaking Greek at this point right now, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, Car- uh, uh, in, in the Reader's Digest version, is that Carlos Beltran had an MVP season, scored okay. hit 40, 41 home runs, 120 RBIs that season. Sounds was impressive. F- was fantastic the whole year. Adam Wainwright was a pitcher for the Cardinals. The Mets were down by two runs. It was a runner on base. Threw a pitch that I don't think anybody in Major League Baseball would have hit. Called strike three, innings over, game's over, they, they lose, the Cardinals go on to win the World Series. People still for blame loss. Beltran for that. Like, it's it, there's just always going to be people who are just completely irrational about certain That's why they're called that fanatics. Happen. That's yes. why they're called fanatics, so, Tony. Yes, I'm That's sure there are people fanatics. that still hold yeah. that against Howie, but uh, yeah. honestly, Howie is he's an Islander. He is always going to be an Islander. He's part yeah. of this, this franchise's history, and that's never going to change. But Brendan Burke has done an unbelievable job. He is such he's a pleasure awesome. to listen to. Yeah, he's great. He really is such a pleasure to listen and to. And he's going to get more and more of those NBC broadcasts and stuff. I mean, they t- they touch on that, too, how you know he's being recognized tremendous. throughout the league as, as a real up-and-comer here. And, and, and yeah, I think he's, he's tremendous. Gonna you can see the games he's getting now. Like, they're, they're not, you know, like, you could see the games that are, that that he's, that he's, he got a Ranger game the other night. That 
doesn't happen very oh, often. Oh yeah, that's right. But he, those are the marquee. Apologized on Twitter, right? But those <laughs> yeah. are the marquee games. Like you know that a lot of people are tuning into those sure, games, yeah, especially absolutely. because in the big markets and so on and so Good forth. Good for him, man. So you know, a lot of credit to Brendan Burke. He took a, you know, he he stepped into a position where you, you you're replacing a guy who's been in the job for a long time. You know how he had uh, other than these you know, the other piece people we were just talking about a tremendous reputation among Islander fans and. He has done a stellar, stellar job. And congratulations to Mirzi because he's done a great job in Pittsburgh. And, you know, after he had the Islander radio gig, he went on to NHL Network. He kept his, yeah, you know, he made a name too. for himself. And he is he is an awesome guy. I mean, he we have had him on the show I, countless times, you know, a couple times a year up till he went to Pittsburgh. And uh, he is just a pleasure. Always, a great always guest, got yeah. right back to us and. And uh, always willing to come in and, and, and spend the time with us, and he's just yep. he was a, he's a great guy. So, no you know, doubt, a lot of credit to these, a lot of credit to these guys, and uh, congratulations to all of them. Yeah. So, folks, if you haven't seen it already, go check out the hockey page on ESPN. Maybe that's not the, f- the first website you're thinking about when you're looking for. I was going to say it's, it is shocking, but, but ESPN does have really a hockey page. Piece. You it should was, check it out. Yeah, <laughs> it was it's a good piece. Very interesting. Good piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So. Before we wrap it up here, Tony, we'll, real quick, we'll just look at the week ahead. We have the Barclays Center homestand next week. you got three games in a row, all in Brooklyn. So get your train tickets ready because on Tuesday night, they're hosting the Ottawa Senators. We know how bad they are this year. The Islanders took care of business to them not too long ago. Hopefully they can do the same on Tuesday, keep the streak going. Then they got Pittsburgh. That will be the first meeting against the Penguins since the famous sweep of the postseason last year. So those fellas might be looking for a little bit of revenge, and the Penguins are off to a pretty decent start this year. So that's going to be a good interdivision game there. And then Saturday, the Islanders will once again face the Florida Panthers. That is a 1 p.m. matinee at the Barclays Center. You get to spend all day in Brooklyn, if you like, with the obstructed seats <laughs> and <laughs> the train schedule. Enjoy yourselves. I'm really curious to see. You, know, you, you talk about <laughs> attendance that we just <laughs> talked about all night tonight. I mean, good God. I, I touched on it last week, Might be week in too. a single digits. Yeah, it's going to be a scary <laughs> scene. I wonder what those tickets are going for. But at the end of the day, folks, regardless of the attendance, hopefully when we come back next Sunday, the 10th, we're talking about a 12-game winning streak. Keep it going. Let's go. Whoa. What's going on there? Sorry about that, folks. I don't know what happened there. A little bit of a technical technical difficulty there. If you heard that, not sure. I, I don't. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt that's the case. But okay. <laughs> if you never did, we apologize. Anyway, <laughs> that's what that. happens when you're checking stats and uh, and these uh, these play commercials come on all on their own. Yeah, these that bastards. Was a little autoplay. All right. Well. Let's wrap the show, Tony. Once again, I'll just rattle off those dates, folks. If you want to come out and hang with us, we got these live on-location viewing parties. We're going to be getting together with Brian and I'll meet up Devin at, at Yes Men Outfitters. That's going to happen on Saturday, November 23rd at the Oyster Bay Brewery. The Islanders will be taking on the San Jose Sharks. 10.30 puck drop. We'll probably be going live around 9, maybe 8.30. We'll see. But either way, we're going to be there. We're going to be having a lot of fun. December 27th, we're going to be at the Offside Tavern. We're going to be watching the Chicago Blackhawks face the New York Islanders. Be nice if Robin Leonard gets to start that night. That would be a lot of fun. That's going to be an 8.30 start. So we'll be in Manhattan that night. And then Monday, January 13th, will be a parlay when the Islanders go into Madison Square Garden for their first game against the Rangers this season. want to thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, we got the swag shop open now. You can go to tpublic.com. Just search for Hockey Night in New York and... You can get yourself a T-shirt, a long-sleeve shirt, a tank top, a coffee mug. I mean, whatever you want. Hockey Night New York merchandise. We got it. Go get it. 
<laughs> Why not? So, folks, huge thanks to Andy Graziano for giving us all his time. Great spot with him. We're going to be back next week at our regularly scheduled time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For Tony Stabile, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week.